after the epiphany from the prophet Isaiah chapter 49. Listen to me, O coastlands. Give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will be glorified. And I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my right is with the Lord and my recompense with God. And now says the Lord, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and His Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, servant of the rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, we write. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. But for this purpose, I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for today's message is the Gospel lesson, John chapter 1, verses 29 through 42a. Dear friends in Christ, 
This small book is called The Pastor's Companion. Published around 1941, the book contains Bible verses and prayers that a pastor can use in making hospital and shut-in calls. I used this particular copy for 20 years when I first became a pastor. Interestingly, this book has a section that deals with ministering to children, and the first prayer listed in that section goes like this. Tender Jesus, meek and mild, look upon me, thy loving child. Help me, if it is thy will, to recover from all ill. I love that prayer. I used to pray it all the time when I was a kid and sick in bed. It was so comforting. It reminded me that our Savior is a gentle Savior, a tender Savior, a Savior who loves children, who loves people of all ages. He's a Savior who's not ashamed to reach down in love to the smallest and neediest of our world. Our text today underscores that great truth. In verse 29 of our gospel lesson, we're told that when John the Baptist saw Jesus approaching him, he declared to those around him, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John recognized that Jesus was a gentle Savior, a tender Savior, a Savior who would save God's people by taking their sins away, a Savior who would save God's people by shedding His blood and dying like a lamb to the slaughter. In Isaiah 53, verses 6 and 7, written 700 years before the coming of Christ, the prophet describes our gentle Savior in this way. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the sin of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And like a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Jesus went to suffering and death like a lamb to the slaughter. He didn't open his mouth to defend himself. Jesus was insulted during his trial, slapped across the face. He was mocked during torture, ridiculed as he hung on the cross. If that had happened to me, I would have been spitting nails. I would have said something like, Who do you think you are? You're a bunch of worms. But not Jesus. He uttered not a word. Why? It was because Jesus wasn't concentrating on the insults. He wasn't thinking about the degradation and the kind of retort he'd make. He was thinking about you. He was concentrating on saving you. He was like a lamb to the slaughter. He was meek and mild to take away your sins. 
Thank God our Savior is meek and mild and tender and gentle. But you know what? This lamb, this lamb's a lion. This kind and gentle Savior is also strong and firm and in charge. Remember what John said about Jesus in our text? He said that this lamb ranks before him, is greater than he. He said that this lamb is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. In parallel passages in Matthew and Luke, John says that Jesus will baptize with fire. That his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, to gather the wheat into his barns, and to burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. So what does that mean? It means that Jesus will judge the world. Jesus will set everything right at the end of time and the whole world will see the truth of God. Jesus will completely undo the devil. The uncomplaining Lamb of God, so tender and gentle, is coming again with power to judge the world and renew his whole creation. That's the picture John sees in his vision recorded in Revelation chapter 5. In Revelation chapter 5, John sees a scroll sealed with seven seals. The scroll symbolizes God's plan of salvation and Jesus coming again in glory. As God the Father holds the scroll, an angel proclaims, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break the seals? At first, no one comes forward and John begins to weep because no one has been found to open the scroll. No one has been found worthy to open the scroll. But then an elder appears to him and says, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and the seven seals. And then John sees a lamb. And it appears that this lamb is slain. But the lamb takes the scroll and opens it and breaks the seals. Clearly, Jesus is the lamb who is slain. And he opens the scroll because he is the one who will carry out God's plan of salvation. He's the the lion of the tribe of Judah because he has conquered and is coming again in glory. Well, brothers and sisters, this lamb is a lion. Some people are uncomfortable with a loving Savior who's strong and firm, a Savior who judges. A lot of people have a problem with that. They prefer to concentrate on Jesus' love and gentleness, and I get that. I understand that. Jesus' love goes beyond human understanding. We don't have anything that Jesus needs, and yet he loves us. He loves us without any merit or worthiness in us. He loves us so much he laid down his life for us. 
But brothers and sisters, we also need a Savior who's strong and firm and protective. Would you want a Savior who didn't make things right at the end of time? A Savior who didn't let the truth of God come to light for all the world to see? No, we need the Lamb who's also a lion. When I attended grade school many years ago, we had a, a principal who was a fantastic, loving man. His name was Mr. Monaghan. Mr. Monaghan was in his late 50s and early 60s when I knew him. One day, when I was in kindergarten, I was walking up a long flight of steps, and my shoelace was untied. And I didn't know how to tie it. I was just five years old. Well, as I was walking, Mr. Monaghan saw me and said, Tony, hold on here. And he made me sit down. And he stooped down and tied my shoes. He said, that's better. Go ahead and go to class. And I thought, wow. Mr. Monaghan knows my name. Mr. Monaghan tied my shoes. Mr. Monaghan is a nice, nice man. And I loved him. Not long after that, I was on the playground during recess, and some older boys were picking on a kindergartner, and Mr. Monaghan saw it, and he went up to the older boys and said, Stop that! You older boys are to help the younger students, not harm them. I want you to go to my office and wait for me. And those boys went away with their heads hanging low. Let me ask you this. Do you think I loved Mr. Monaghan less because he dressed down those older boys? No. I loved him more. I thought to myself, Mr. Monaghan is going to protect us. He's going to do the right thing. We are safe with Mr. Monaghan. Take that experience I had with Mr. Monaghan, multiply it a million times, and that's what we have with Jesus Christ. Jesus is our gentle, humble Savior. Remember when I talked about Mr. Monaghan stooping down to tie my shoes? Well, during his passion, Jesus stooped down to wash his disciples' feet. He came to be a servant. He stooped down under the weight of the cross. He came to be our gentle, humble, sacrificial Savior. Jesus is strong and firm and protective. He doesn't let the devil do to us what the devil wants to do to us. He arms us with God's word so that we know the truth, so we can see the devil's lies coming from a mile away. And at his coming again in glory, the whole world will see that Jesus is Lord of lords and King of kings. I think it's significant that Jesus calls us to be tender and gentle and humble and strong and firm. Please understand, 
I'm not saying that we're anything close to Jesus. We're not lambs who are lions. But having experienced Jesus' forgiveness and being guided by God's word and the Holy Spirit, Jesus shapes Christians into men and women who have compassion and gentleness and are strong and firm and courageous. One of the pastors from my childhood was a very kind and gentle man. When he went to the bedside of a sick person, he would talk to them warmly. He would take their hands in his hands and have an uplifting prayer. Now, he was an older man. The kids loved him. He was like a grandfather figure. He was a strict teacher, very strict but he always patiently and lovingly listened to us and answered our questions. When he learned that one church member wanted to go to a Lutheran high school but couldn't afford it, he paid her tuition. He was kind and gentle, but also firm and strong. He fearlessly taught God's word and always pointed to Jesus Without reservation, he declared that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He was tough as nails. One day, this pastor was preaching in the pulpit, and he had a heart attack and kept on preaching until he couldn't take it any longer. You'll be happy to know that he recovered from his heart attack and ministered to people for a good long time after that. My point is, out of thankfulness to Jesus, confident that we are heaven-bound because of Jesus' cross and empty tomb, we Christians live lives that reflect Jesus' goodness, his gentleness, humility, strength, and courage. Knowing and trusting the lamb that's a lion makes a world a difference in this life and brings everlasting life with God. Thanks be to God. In light of God's word and what's been said today, I'm sure all of us will still pray that wonderful prayer, tender Jesus, meek and mild, look upon me, thy loving child, help me if it is thy will to recover from all ill. We rejoice that Jesus is our loving, gentle, sacrificial Savior, that he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In the words of Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1, we were ransomed from sin and death, not with perishable things such as gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ as that of a lamb without spot or blemish. More than that, I'm sure we'll all also pray Maranatha, which is Aramaic, and it means, Lord, come. We rejoice that our lamb is also a lion. He's strong and firm and gives us the truth. And he's coming again not to suffer, die, and rise again, 
but to judge the world, to put everything right, to make the truth of God known to all nations. We rejoice at Jesus coming again because as St. Paul declares in Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. And now,